everyone, I'm Peg Tuttle, and welcome to The Incredible Eye Show, where we explore the latest developments, best practices, and real-world success stories of IBM's premier operating system for enterprise computing. Whether you're a seasoned IBM Eye professional or just getting started, this is the place to stay informed and inspired. So join us as we deep dive into the world of IBM Eye and discover the true power of enterprise computing. A special thanks to our sponsors, Common, your go-to resource for all IBM Eye education, and Midrange Dynamics, accelerating change and innovation on IBM Eye. Today, I am coming to you from Power Up in Denver. I am honored to host a true trailblazer in the IBM Eye community, John Harris. With a distinguished career as an educator, accomplished author, and longtime IBM Eye enthusiast, John brings a wealth of knowledge to our conversation. For decades, John has been at the forefront of exploring, mastering, and sharing the nuances of the IBM Eye platform making him an invaluable resource for developers. John is an expert in his field and a trusted mentor, empowering countless individuals to unlock the full potential of IBM I. Join us as we deep dive into the fascinating journey of John Harris, exploring his insights, inspirations, and the invaluable lessons he's learned throughout his remarkable career. Get ready for an unforgettable conversation. Welcome to the show, John. All right, everybody. I am here at Power Up and doing another awesome interview for you guys. I am so happy to welcome to the show, John Paris. I know, clapping, cheering, yay. <laughs> welcome to the show, John. Thanks very much, <laughs> I know. It's good to be here. Yeah, it is good. I know that um, it's been a while since you've been yes. at a Power Up, Common trying Power to, Up. We were trying to work it out the other day. It's probably about 12 or 14 years since we last. I know we went to Reno, and I think we went to one after Reno, but we haven't uh, haven't been to any since. Nice. <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you back. Yeah, it's good so. to be back. I just wish I could speak, but that's, yeah. that's another whole story. Yep, so. that's, yep, we'll save that for a rainy day. Yeah. 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 So, John, um, you know, on the Incredible Eye Show, I like to start with our guests just talking a little bit about them, mm -hmm. um, your, a little bit of your history. So in case somebody doesn't know who you are, okay. they... We'll go, okay, I know John. So, okay. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, I mean, as everyone who's listening can clearly tell, I'm, I'm Canadian. I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it comes across loud and clear, doesn't it? Uh, I basically got into computers at the age of 18. And uh, it was a very long and messy story. But one way or another, after about uh, two and a half years, I finished up working for the English manufacturer, uh, ICL, as they were known then, who at the time were as big in Europe and other parts of the world as IBM and bigger in some places. Okay. And uh, with them, that was my first experience of teaching because uh, we had what they called a customer center. I believe IBM did similar things for the small machines where you would take like a, a chartered accountant or an accounts clerk or a storeman or whatever and teach yeah. them programming. Oh, and sure. The, the language that we used was not, not RPG. It was because IBM were prone to suing people for using names they thought they owed 
it owned in those days. Oh. And so it was a language called Nickel, N-I-C-O-L. Nickel. Sorry? Nick. N-I-C-O-L. Nickel. A nickel. Okay, gotcha. It was very much, uh, very much like RPG. Okay. And so I worked with that. That was also my first experience of, of publishing. We ran a newsletter and I used to write articles for that. So yeah. a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, then I worked for a couple of customers in the UK uh, as a deputy data processing manager and then as the, the data processing manager at a petrochemical company. Mm -hmm. And then left to go uh, move to Canada. Okay. Uh, rejoined ICL again, which okay. was probably a mistake, but I did it anyway. <laughs> uh, then did a whole bunch of stuff. I went into consulting for a okay. number of years. Uh, did everything from putting uh, terminal systems into police cars. I designed those. Oh, for, wow. For Burroughs machines. I worked on IBM mainframes. I worked on Wang. Okay. I did a very, very broad range. So kind of a uh, hardware-software combo? Also really? software. Okay. Or, uh, mostly conversions. Okay. Um, okay. We were specialists in, specialized in conversions from one platform to another. Okay. And at that time, mostly COBOL. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then um, that was where I met the System 38 on one of those conversions. Oh, really? Uh, was for the Royal Dalton Company, the people who do Wedgwood and oh, all yeah, of that yeah. type of yeah. China. Yeah. And they were switching over from an NCR to a System 38, and that was my introduction to the platform. And it was over. And it was over. It was love, <laughs> at, it was love at first sight. Um, and the funny thing was, we'd be, we would work in COBOL. And very few people at IBM knew anything about it, right, on the 38 side. The guys who wrote the compiler in those days were all in Rochester. It hadn't moved to, to Toronto. Okay. And uh, so they taught us to help them, you know, because we would call First Line Support in Canada and they'd go, oh, we don't know. Mm -hmm. And then they put us onto Rochester and then eventually we'd always finish up talking to the developers. So in the end, we... we got a shortcut and they taught us how to look at the listings produced by the compiler and as a result by the time I eventually did went to work for IBM okay. on the COBOL compiler I had this list of about 50 bugs I knew needed fixing oh. <laughs> and so, right, because we what we did in the end was because we could read the machine list machine code listings we basically knew what to work around so we, we gave up reporting them bugs to IBM it just took too long okay so we would just work, work so you them. you pretty much created a job list for yourself so when you got that's, to IBM yeah, <laughs> you had stuff to work yeah, on yeah yeah so uh, after that job and a couple of others were over um, the contract job came up at IBM okay and at the time they were preparing uh, to launch the what became known as the AS100 mm -hmm. Uh, the time Silver Lake and then Olympic yeah. for a very brief period. Oh, oh, that oh, was just that's... to confuse the press. Oh, oh but that was, was it? that was what we figured it was. Oh, anyway. okay, okay. Um, that's anyway, interesting. Um, as a contractor, I wasn't officially allowed to know anything about that, but the the guys got to realize very quickly that with twenty odd years of COBOL under my belt, including a lot of thirty eight stuff that I knew how customers used the language and so I, I would find myself getting questions that clearly had nothing to do with the COBOL compiler as it existed and what I was working on. Yeah. So I did 36 and 38 COBOL compiler maintenance so that their staff could be freed up to do the 400 stuff. 
Okay. Uh, then just after the 400 was launched, uh, they asked me to join them full time. Okay. And uh, so I worked on the COBOL compiler for a couple of years. Okay. And then after that, I was promoted, basically, and given responsibility for RPG and COBOL from awesome. a, an a partial, a, what they call design control in those okay. days. Okay. And uh, so I had responsibility for those and for liaising with Rochester, so that's got to know a lot of people down there. Sure, sure. Um, that was, uh, actually it was when I was working on the Cobal compiler that I first got to know my wife, my now wife, Susan. Yeah, yeah, um, you guys were IBMers working yeah, well, she, together? She, no, Toronto. we weren't working together. She oh. was in Rochester okay. and working for the Worldwide Support and Education oh, okay. Group. Um, and she was given responsibility for Cobal, so my job was to brief her. But we didn't meet until um, Common in Chicago in... 1989 for the first time. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, so... And it was love at first sight? No, definitely no. not. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, That's so funny. So we, we had uh, th this thing going on with, you know, me, me sort of... So I would be liaising between the tools people so the guys who eventually finished up developing Code 400 for example yep, yep. which became WDSC which became RDI right? Yep. so I would liaise with those guys I worked with the people doing Visual Atr RPG and so it was sort of a, a, an overall control job well it was during that period that we was basically my manager and I and one other person made the decision that this is stupid, there is no way we can leave RPG out of ILE, mm -hmm. and there is no way we can convert the existing compiler. So that was when the Skunkworks started. Skunkworks? Skunkworks, yes. Okay. You're not familiar with I'm the term? I'm not, I'm not. Nothing good would ever have happened in IBM if it wasn't for Skunkworks. Everything <laughs> starts as a Skunkworks. Okay, gotcha. It's almost baked into the culture. I'm convinced that there's a, a, a hidden page in the manager's manual that says something to the effect of, you know, as a new manager, be prepared to turn a blind eye to people disappearing to meetings you know nothing about from time to time. Oh. Because <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, you know, I, I rounded up a group of people, some of whom had just were just rolling off doing what was the SAA RPG compiler, which became, didn't do anything for anybody in its original term. Uh, it was supposed to be for mainframe and OS2, mm -hmm. never did a darn thing, but became the core of Visual Atr RPG and ultimately the foundation for uh, RPG4 because it was written in oh. C. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so the old compiler was written in a language called PLMI, okay. which was so far from the version uh, that could be made into ILE that we couldn't use it. So we knew we were going to have to throw away and start again. Okay. So starting with the one that had been done for SAA was, was a foundation stone. And that without that, we'd have never got the money, basically. Mm. Uh, so SAA was good for something. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of your listeners will remember the, the whole thing about SAA and think, well, that was a load of rubbish. Well, oh. it, it gave us RPG4, basically, is what it boiled down to. Nice, nice. So uh, if anyone's really interested in that whole history, on uh, the authory.com. Oh, yeah, yep, where uh, you guys have your uh, articles. Yeah. Yep. John, John Paris and Susan Gantner. Yep. At, at, on com. Yep. And uh, there's a, a whole section on the 
my version of the brief history of RPG4. There. Oh, fantastic. And it, it was a very interesting time. I bet, I bet. I will definitely include the link in the show okay, notes for great. people to, you know, head over to the, the website and yeah. check that out. Cool. Yeah, and there's cool. a lot of great content out there. 800 and something else. Yeah, I saw years, that. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that just speaks to um, you guys as educators. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know from interviewing Susan that at one point, um, you know, you both worked at both worked at IBM yep. and then made the decision to leave and start a consulting company. Basically, yes. Uh, we, we had both been doing, I mean, Susan had been doing education pretty much through most of her time with IBM in Rochester. Mm -hmm. And then after, we, after the two of us got together, she was transferred to Toronto which made a lot of sense because Toronto now owned all of the tools that she was talking about. Sure, sure. Like SQL was the only thing that she focused on that wasn't done in, in Toronto at the time. Okay. So she was hired onto the, the Toronto staff, which okay. worked well for both of us. Okay. And uh, we used to go around the world doing technical conferences and also uh, IBM internal education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and uh, so as a result of all that, when... Uh, well, for me, it was a, a management change okay. at IBM. Um, I, I think I, I always knew that eventually the bureaucracy would get to me. Oh, sure. It was just a question of how long. Well, then when I inherited a very bureaucratic manager who knew absolutely nothing about what I did. Oh. He was from manufacturing. He knew nothing about compilers or software. And I just couldn't stand it. My former boss had formed this company for supporting the Y2K software that I've been oh, marketed. Sure, yeah. uh, but he wanted to expand that company and start an education division. And so that was what I did. I went to him, I joined him. Okay. We started the education division. Okay. And Susan came along and joined us. Okay. Was we that was that Skip? No, 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 no not okay. Skip. No, okay. No, no, okay. No. no, a guy called Jack Vanoss. Some, some of your listeners will remember him. Mm -hmm. uh, so we uh, finished up both going to work for Jack. And unfortunately, um, the company had some, several good ideas for software and various other things that would go beyond the Y2K product. Sure. But they just didn't, just didn't gel. So okay. although air part of the business was making money, it wasn't making enough to keep everybody else in business. Okay. So the company folded, and that was when we went out as Partner 400 on our own. Okay, okay. So it, it was a label. It was a, a, a company name we'd already got um, to okay. cover our writing because by that time we were writing okay. jointly. Okay, so. yeah, excellent. And so you... You started Partner 400 mm -hmm. and then uh, working as consultants, training, um, yep. on-site education for customers, yes. companies that are running the AS400, i-Series, IBM i, right. and and then eventually, um, I know with Skip and Paul Tui and um, I think a couple of others, you started System I Developer. Uh, yeah, well, Susan and I first of all partnered uh, with Bob Cozy. Oh, Bob Cozy. For, for a mm -hmm. number of years on RPG World. Okay. And then that that just didn't work out, and we were trying to decide what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. And Paul had worked with us at RPG World as a speaker. Okay. Um, and then one day Skip came along to us and said, "I'm thinking of starting a, a, a DB2 conference." Okay. 
and I don't want to step on you guys' toes. You know, is it something you were already planning to add? And we said, well, we already do some, but why don't we form what became System yeah. I Developer? Yeah. Uh, so we formed System I Developer with the four of us, with the partners mm-hmm. in it to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Amy, of course, yep. Amy Lance, yep. as you know, uh, was yep. brought on for marketing. Yep. And uh, God, God knows what would have happened if we hadn't had Amy. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Thank you, but, Amy. So, yeah, we, yeah, we were, uh, you know, it was uh, a challenging time, but we, we got it rough and running and uh, yeah. it was very successful. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was super successful. Until COVID killed us. But <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, you know what, I, I know that it definitely changed the conference landscape, oh, yes. you know, for a lot of companies. And I know that you guys were able to pivot quite quickly because it was right, um, COVID happened right on the heels of you guys having your spring conference and everything canceled. And I know it was just very painful. We were down to the hotel were refusing to accept that the event, that it wasn't practical to hold an event. Mm. And they were the amount of money they were sticking out for as compensation was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so it became a game of chicken. Oh. We 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 had to keep, say, keep saying, nope, we're going to run it because it's actually cheaper for us to run the conference than just to pay, pay you all this money you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, they backed down. But we had from then, that was like two days before the actual conference was due to start. I mean, we bought, bought our airline tickets, everything. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then we had to basically pivot, and I think inside three weeks we turned it into an online event. Yeah, yeah, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, good job. And thank you. Yeah, that was I know really really hard, but yes. I think it's that you know uh, it. We didn't get yeah. a lot of sleep in that. Time no, period. no, no one did. You know, no one did. But I think you know, in the end, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, mm-hmm. it really did create um, a, a really nice forum for you guys. Now your lunch and learns are very popular. Yes, yeah, and we're, we're very proud of those. Things. Yeah, talk a little bit about the format of your lunch and learns the, now. The, the basic format is that we they're theoretically an hour and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And basically, we we refer to the technical content that Susan, Paul, and I, and occasional guest speakers provide yep. as the the bread around the sandwich, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and the, the the meat of the sandwich being the ISV that's sponsoring the session. Yeah. But what we've done something that I, I wish a few other people had done. We started off with all of the the ISVs, and basically we said to them. Their audience is not interested in hearing marketing BS. Right. What they want to do is to hear practically how your product can help them, and they want to most of all see live demos. Mm-hmm. Because when we actually ran the summit live, it was people gathered around the pedestal watching something. Yeah, yeah. It was very obvious that that's what yes. their particular audience wanted. Yes. So um, we basically sort of said, you know, this is it. You know, if you if you that's you're not willing to do that we don't want you as a sponsor mm-hmm. and luckily they they all came along a couple didn't but uh, yeah. most of them came along we yeah got um, there are nine sponsors who do it regularly and who are just begging us to do the next one yeah <coughs> there are two or three on the waiting list mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's worked out well but it but basically it's bite-sized pieces 
mm-hmm. and um, as, as I was saying to you before, yeah. it, for me, it deals with the one thing that we've all found, the three of us have found difficult in not teaching face-to-face, which is that you can't see the whites in their eyes. You can't, yeah. you can't yeah. tell. Yeah, understanding, are they getting it? Yeah, yeah you can they, really they, see are, it. Are they getting it? Are they even listening? You don't even yeah. know if they're listening. Yeah. Um, so the, when you do it for 15 minutes... I find personally, I can do 15 minutes, and then while the vendor is speaking, I, I can persuade myself that yeah, they understood it all, and then I, <laughs> I go, I go back in fresh and enthusiastic for the second part. Yes. Whereas we had found that much as when we did summit virtually, uh, the audience absolutely loved it. I mean, we had nothing but compliments. We had people from all over the world. We had a way bigger audience than we'd ever had at a yeah, live show, yeah. and we hated it. <laughs> um, all three of us, none of us like teaching on really teaching online. Uh, yeah, and for for the very reasons I've just said. Yeah, and because half of what was summit was, um, you know, I mean, common is huge, right? Yeah, and so, but we were a much smaller thing, you know, two hundred odd people. Yeah, and so. And we all ate lunch together every day, and we ate supper one day, and so on. Yeah, right? yeah. So as you know yourself from going there, when when you get that kind of atmosphere, the ongoing conversations that take part between the the you know sometimes the exhibitors, but often just other customers and the instructors yeah, yeah. and etc. And sometimes you know I can remember having discussions where uh, Scott Forsty was answering part of the person's question I was answering another part and Mike Pavlet was answering another bit because they were doing SQL with PHP with RPG sure, backend sure. right yeah. and so we had all three of us around the table with two two people from the client <laughs> yep and that was the kind that was what I loved yeah absolutely loved doing yeah. that and you can't do that online and so at, at the point now that I've reached in, in life where you know, well, I should probably have retired several years ago, but I'm <laughs> certainly beginning to, to wind down now. Yeah. And uh, so if I don't enjoy it, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. too much grief if you don't enjoy yeah. it. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the Lunch and Learns, we have been growing every time. Yeah. We had over 1,600 people sign up right. last time. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> from Australia and New Zealand and South Africa and Japan and absolutely everywhere yeah. in the world. It was fabulous. Yeah, I, I had 1,600 people yeah. for Lunch and Learns. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I like the I like the format of it. And I mm-hmm. and I do think that um, the, the vendor sponsors do a really good job of uh, providing education as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, in fact, we've had a couple of them. Um, I think it was not the last one, but the, the one before, mm-hmm. where towards they did so little product chat yeah. that we got right towards the end and someone in the Q&A put in, are you going to sell us anything? Because <laughs> they hadn't said a thing about product. <laughs> well, but and you know what? I think, you know, everybody wants and needs education. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as a vendor, you know, it's, it's like, well, let's first understand, you know, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. you know, what... You know, what are you doing today? What areas of improvement do you 
do you have on your list? Right. And, you know, and then go, hey, okay, I think we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the lunch and learns are amazingly successful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'd like to keep them going, but with the, you know, when you're not, we're all finding that for us, when we're not standing up in front of classes, mm-hmm. then developing new material is much more problematic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because material evolves. I mean, I, yeah, it you comes know, from those interactions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those conversations. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I have, I went back over one particular presentation a little while ago, over the history of it, and realized that I'd been using the same core of a presentation for over seven years. But any similarity between the original version and the current version, not just the same. almost non, non-existent. Yeah. But that's technology, right? Well, p- part of it is technology, but part of it is learning what people find difficult to grasp. Sure. Right? And you yep. only get that face-to-face. You only get that in the emails. You know, I mean, typically you finish an event and you're deluged with emails for a week or two mm-hmm. with, with questions with questions and you know i've tried to do what you showed us and it isn't working can you help me that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah and that frankly that's what i live for these days yeah that's 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 awesome so let's just uh transition a little bit mm-hmm. you know um there are a lot of you know new things in the market and yep. i know um vs code has been something yes. you've been dabbling with a little bit yes and I, I actually use it as my primary editor right now do you yes okay what do you so, so let's talk a little bit about that so okay. yeah what well, do you like I, about I, it? I should to be fair to to the guys behind idi i should explain why that is oh sure why that started i mean there, there was some curiosity certainly but yeah. why it became my daily editor um RDI has experienced some problems, shall we say, on the Mac, their Mac version. Oh, okay. And I use a Mac exclusively, and I will not go back to Windows okay. for any reason on, uh, whatsoever. Okay. And That's fair. <laughs> so I, I had reached a point where it was taking me almost as much time to keep the tool working as it was to use it. Oh. So as code for i got better and better, and... We had people asking us, well, can you give us a comparison? Can you give me an introduction to Code for I? So we get user groups saying, can you, you know, can you give us, a, from an RDI user's perspective, give us a, a yeah, Code for yeah, I session? Yeah. So I got more and more deeply into it as a, a result of that. Yeah. And Liam uh, Allen, who's the guy behind it, yeah. Liam's been a friend for years. Um, I can't even remember. We, Liam used to speak at the summit. We've known each other a, lo- a long time now, since yeah. about six months after he came to the platform, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and he, he speaks my language, you know. Right. As, as you, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's talented. He's, he's from the south of England too, like me. So, yep. you know, we, yep. we have a few things in common, a love of beer and other things. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I worked with worked with Liam a bit, uh, made some suggestions. You know, he fixed some bugs for me, and he he sounded me out with some features, and I just got a little deeper into the whole thing. Yeah. So that was that was part of it. And uh, now, of course, they've got uh, IBM have got a new version coming out of RDI, and I've tried the beta of it, and it's got rid of most of my problems, or so it appears. So I'm going to be using the two in parallel now. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Uh, The code for I is fabulous from when I'm doing, if I'm doing JavaScript, PHP, Python, or anything else, yep. alongside my RPG stuff, Code for I just is much simpler for doing mm-hmm. that than adding plugins to RDI. 
Yeah. So that's, you know, I'll, I'll keep using it for that. I don't see myself ever giving up on it. Okay. Um, but uh, also I'm a long-time RDR user and I yeah. probably will be. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have um, any advice for, for folks that are hesitant in taking a look <laughs> at the Code for the, I? The only piece of advice I have to anybody is stop using the plastic green screen. <laughs> okay. That's just... That is just so 1960s. You know? nice. And I, I'm sorry, I... I I refuse to accept that you can produce good modern programs efficiently, mm-hmm. note the word efficiently, using a green screen tool. Yeah. SEU hasn't been updated since version 6. Now that's what? 15, How many years 15 ago? 15 years ago maybe? Yeah. Certainly yeah. 12 years ago. Yeah. There's been no changes to it. So it doesn't understand any of the modern syntax. So all of the things that SEU used to be good at which is if you mistyped something, it would highlight it. Well, now it highlights everything. Oh. <laughs> because it doesn't understand it. So people turn off the syntax checking. Oh, so I say, okay. well, what's the point of that? The, yeah. you know, the only, one of the main features of the tool is the dang syntax checking. Yeah. What are you turning yeah, it off for? So the, there are so many reasons. I, there's nothing, I think the wonderful thing about Code for I is it's free. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't use it the fact that microsoft are the the main maintainer on the core component Mm -hmm. takes away most corporate problems of using it right so you know it it is it's very easy to use there's some good good tutorials on getting started yep yep I, ha- I think will, I can... you, you'll be slower than your green screen to start with, but not much, because one of the things about Code for I, compared with RDI, for example, is its download speed is way faster. Okay. So one of the things people used to bitch about was, oh, well, if I'm just going in for a quick code change, SEU is so much faster. Well, trust me, it's not faster than Code for I. It downloads the code so fast, and you've got all of the code there. You don't have to keep paging, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah... Give it a try. You, you've got nothing to lose but your workload. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, people, when I talk to developers, and I mean, that's my core mm-hmm. my core customer, it, they say, you know, it, it's just faster. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's Green screen is just faster. But that's not, not, not true. Any, not anymore. I don't believe not so. Any, no. Yeah. So I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting. The thing when you, you you see they say it's faster, but, but by faster what they mean is I put a two against the name to edit it, and there's something in the screen instantly. Well, yes, the first forty what's well, twenty odd lines of code, mm-hmm. which is usually the header block for your organization. So as a minimum, you've got to hit page down before you see anything. Oh. Right? Or you're yeah. going to type a search argument or whatever. Yeah. But when I've got when I've got code for I there or RDI, it's the same issue. I've got the whole of the source there on my machine. I can just, you know, particularly if I've got a touch screen, I just drag the dang thing. Yeah. To, and, oh, there's the bit I want, right? Yeah, or yeah. If I'm looking for a particular variable... I look in the outline view, I can see the variable name, I click on it, and I'm taken to its definition. I mean, there is no way I'm faster with a green screen than nice. I can be with that. Nice, nice, just, I it's love just that. Not, 
just not the case. I think it would be great if, uh, have you done some live demos or demos um, that are maybe out on the system? Um, well, uh, system? Liam has some. Okay. Liam Allen's uh, yep. YouTube channel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm yeah. gonna um, I'm gonna catch up with Liam while we're here at the mm-hmm. conference and just uh, you know um, make sure that we've got links to um, those stuff. videos and yeah. all of his stuff. But if you look in the presentation handout for Susan's session on VS Code, yeah, from Monday, you'll mm-hmm. find his videos are linked in there. Okay. Excellent. All right. I will. I will and, do and, that. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, th- th- uh, what I would, one of these days, I think it would be fun to organize a shootout. <laughs> you know, give like give, an RDI give two coach. programmers a set of programs with known problems in each program and see who can fix them faster. And it won't be the green screener. I not if that, they're not I if they're equally skilled. Fun. Yeah, I, I, they, maybe I, I think, suggest that to Liam. That's the kind of thing yeah, he loves doing. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Wonder, wonderful! That's a great idea. So I'm going to take that one. Okay. So, um, what's next for you, John? Oh dear. You know, IBM I is turning 35, yeah, and yeah. I wish I was. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's next? I think we're basically trying to sort that out Yeah. right now. Um, we had some, before COVID slammed us, we had some plans for how we were going to wind down. Mm-hmm. And all of that was thrown out the window. Yeah. And we haven't, you know, because every time we started thinking about planning again, yeah. there'd be another outbreak and you were back where you started yeah and one of the things that we wanted to do was basically you know use up some airline points going around the world yeah and visiting a lot of the places that we'd been to when we were with IBM that we really enjoyed mm-hmm. spending time in and go back there again and uh, yeah you know see some old friends that we've met on the on the road yeah um, yeah but you know until you could be fairly sure that uh, that's all going to work out then I had some health issues that meant that it wasn't even worth trying to do that oh. last winter, which was the original thought. So yeah. We're, we're just, you know, right now we're doing a lot of, um, it's almost a lot of follow-ups from Lunch and Learn. Okay. Um, okay. You know, people asking questions from stuff, new stuff they learned. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time on internet forums, mm-hmm. places like midrange.com, code400.com. Yep, yep. And although I hate it, even the Facebook user groups, because <laughs> Facebook is, for anyone listening who's thinking about posting questions on Facebook, please don't. It's absolutely the worst place in the universe to get <laughs> technical support answers. Um, Content. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, any platform that doesn't by default display the messages in chronological order is a oh. problem when you're asking technical questions yeah, and trying to have yeah, a conversation. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's just a, a really stupid place to try. And, it's great to meet up and say, yeah. you know, oh, I've been on this platform for ages. I love XYZ. And, yeah. you know, or anybody know any IBM I use is in Kentucky. You know, yeah. that, that, it's great. That, which yeah. is the kind of stuff Facebook's supposed to be about. Right. But asking technical questions on it, no, no. just, <laughs> just does, doesn't work. No, no. All right, so maybe doing some traveling, maybe winding yeah. down a little bit more. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's great. Well, we've, we've got a place in Atlanta as well we'd like to spend more time at. Oh, yeah. Uh, Susan's originally from the Atlanta area. Sure. So we have family down there, so yeah. we'd like to spend more time there. Yeah. That, that's where we're going from here. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Very good. So a little travel in your future. Yeah, a little I travel. like it. I like that. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me on the Incredible Eye Show. You're welcome. But before I let you go, mm-hmm. as always, we want to hear what your one in incredible thing is this week I I I did have one other one in mind but I'm I'm going to embarrass the hell out of her and say my wife oh that's our Susan awesome oh I love that that's uh we've been together 24 7 for well we've been married for nearly 24 years now when we were together for three four years before that and I just can't imagine anything without her. So. Oh, I love that. So Susan is your one incredible she's, thing. And she's related to my BMI too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Covers it's all in, the bases. It's in the family. That's right. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. Right. I love that. I love that. So my one incredible thing this for this show this week is um, my daughter is graduating from high school. And I'm a little melancholy about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm really excited for her future. So that is my one incredible thing. Grace flying the coop and heading off to college. (laughs) Uh, Good luck to her. Yeah, thank you. Good luck to mom surviving. I know, right? It's the last one. (laughs) So, well, thanks everybody for joining me on the show. Thank you, John, so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of Power Up. Thank you. I'm sure I will. Thank you. Common is the leading association serving the IBM I community. They provide leading education, advocacy, and networking opportunities for members to enhance their careers. Check out the website for upcoming events, volunteer opportunities, and membership information. Midrange Dynamics is your one-stop shop for accelerating change and integration on IBM I. Their products include MD Change for control and automation for DevOps, MD Workflow orchestrates and integrates CI-CD pipelines, MD Rapid reduces database downtime from hours to minutes, and MD Rest for I, your all-in-one REST API solution. Head over to their website for more information or to schedule a demo. You'll find the link in the show notes.